There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, features editor at Billboard and Broadway fan extraordinaire here. Before my guests for this week's podcast episode came in, I realized that it's actually been a while since I've seen a truly original musical comedy on Broadway. Uh, many of the comedies that we see now are based on pre-existent material, which isn't a bad thing. There have certainly been some great recent examples of that, like Mean Girls and SpongeBob SquarePants that I particularly enjoyed. But it's not every day that you hear about a new comedic story taking musical form here. Probably the most recent one I saw was towards the end of 2018 when I went to the prom. Not a prom like an actual high school prom, but the show called The Prom. The music and lyrics are respectively by Matthew Sklar and Chad Begelin, who have worked together for years on shows like Elf and The Wedding Singer, so musical comedy is very much their stock in trade. The stars, Brooks Eschmanskas, Christopher Sieber, Beth Lovell, and Angie Schwarer are four of the funniest people on Broadway, period, which turns out to be useful because this show requires them to pretty much poke fun at themselves constantly. They play four Broadway actors— a stretch, who star in a show called Eleanor the Musical about Eleanor Roosevelt. You may judge whether that was a good or a bad idea. Uh, when opening night does yield the kind of horrible reviews that can realistically close a show, they decide that in order to salvage their reputations, they have to perform a grand act of goodwill that will attract good press. So they go to a small Indiana town where they hear a girl named Emma has been told she can't take another girl to her high school prom. What ensues is what I'd call a mix of hilarious farce, some really heartwarming poignancy, and especially for anyone who loves musical theater, a send-up of the kind of divas that we musical theater people actually really love. Unsurprisingly, it was a great deal of fun this week to chat with Matthew Sklar and Chad Begelin, along with Christopher Sieber and Beth Lovell. Flowers accept the rain and grow more beautiful. Babies accept their mother's breast so they can grow strong. I accept that I was born a handsome man. So join with me and sing this acceptance song. So to start, could you all tell me who you are and what role you play in the prom? 
Sure. My name is Chad Beglin. I wrote the lyrics and co-wrote the book. My name is Beth Level, and I play Dee Dee Allen. Uh, I am Christopher Sieber, and I play Trent Oliver, a former member of Actors' Equity Association. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matthew Sklar. I wrote the music to the prom. So th- this is the kind of show with a zany plot that when people ask me what is the deal with the prom, I, I find myself giving like a multi-sentence explanation. What do you all tell your friends and family when they ask, what is this show about? Somebody say something. <laughs> Um, it's really about uh, these. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's really about my life, Chad Beckman. Um, no, it's about these uh, Broadway actors who decide they need a little extra publicity, so they find this uh, cause celeb, and uh, it turns out that there's this girl in Indiana who isn't allowed to take her girlfriend to the prom, so they decide to go down there and change things, and have a rally, and make T-shirts, and change minds, and of course. They're so self-absorbed that everything goes horribly, hilariously wrong. That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Still a few sentences there. Yeah, it's a, it's a great show for hilarious, self-absorbed people. I, I've, 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 I've never heard so much laughter for self, self-absorption in my life, I think. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's genuinely delightful, I will say, having seen it a little while ago. Um, so I want to start talking to you, Chad and Matthew, because I know that you've you have a longstanding collaboration, but you don't do everything together, which is interesting to me for a book lyric writer and composer. Mm-hmm. So what determines whether a show is going to be something you do as a team and why was this show that kind of show for you? Well, I think we we usually write together. I think when we haven't, it's just been because an opportunity has come our way. But I think that we really developed a partnership over the last 25 years. We literally started writing 25 years ago now. It's been oh, a very wow. long time. <laughs> um, but we've developed such a, a shorthand and we just love writing together and we laugh a lot. We have a great time. And um, I think the, the one-offs that we've done without each other have usually been because an opportunity came our way that, you know, Chad working on something that, that already had a composer or me working on something that already had a lyricist. But, um, but we kind of... We're cool with each other, you know, playing with other people. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded weird. That sounded um, weird. Really <laughs> weird. Edit that out. Um, I, this show especially, though, we were in the middle of working on uh, – we just worked uh, with Casey Nicola and Beth on Elf. And, um, you know, it was an idea thought up by Jack Fertel. And he talked to Casey and he said, why don't you get this team together? So it was really uh, – and, of course, Bob, who we did Elf with – so this was a, a special situation which never happens or very rarely happens where somebody just says, hey, I have this great idea and I think you guys should write it. So it was mm-hmm. a blessing. But usually for us, we 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 always write score together for book. Uh, I was asked originally to do the book for Elf and I – just said, I don't. I, I I see the musical, but I just can't see how, what Act Two is and what. So it's it sort of depends on what's needed at the time. Mm-hmm. So, what ultimately sold you on this story being a good idea for a musical comedy? It sort of it, it screamed comedy, but it also had such a, a, a more, an important heart to it. And I think that's one thing that surprises people. They come in and it starts so, you know, with so much comedy. And at the end, you're crying because you've actually been touched and you've seen people change on both sides of the, the, the debate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everyone here is a veteran of musical comedy in some way. And I've certainly seen the two of you in different shows over the years and enjoyed them very much. Um, 
you particularly in Into the Woods, Christopher, oh, I have to say. Cool. This is like cool. one of the things that stuck with me over many years of seeing shows. Oh, cool. um, and this is the kind of show that, as you said, it starts almost so farcically that it, it seems like it would be a ton of fun for everyone involved, both on and off stage, but it also might be hard to sort of rein yourselves in to a certain degree. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, just from an actor's perspective and from the creator's perspective, is is this a case where something that looks very free on stage is actually very tightly choreographed behind the scenes? Yes. Yeah. Or- <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was asking the other day, I said, are we, have we added time to the show? And it's like, no. So we are really, you know, it's, it's like scripture kind of. And mm-hmm. what we do, I, we, we respect it so much, we're not going to go out of bounds with what we're supposed to do in the storytelling. And I'm glad you think that it's, um, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. cause it is so much fun, but it is, Comedy's hard. Mm-hmm. It's math. And, you know, we've all, with the creatives, figured out the best way to serve up this math problem and to get the results and to get an A on the math test. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still discovering that. Yeah, we're you know? still discovering it yeah. um, because the audience will always tell you, you know, if you're doing mm-hmm. comedy right. Of course. <laughs> but, but um, uh, it, like during the whole creative process of this, I mean, Chad and Matthew and, and Bob and Casey were so generous with us to let us go and play. So, but we've all known each other for 25 years, um, the creatives, and we've all known each other for a long, long time. So yeah. it was like the safest, absolutely wonderful room of fun people just for the common goal of, of making this great show that we have now. Um, and yeah, so it's very funny that you should say it looks kind of freewheeling and like we're just m- trying to make each other laugh. And it's actually not. It's really all scripted. We, we I don't think we ever go out of bounds. No. Very rarely we ever go out of bounds. No, because it wouldn't be funny, you know. Yeah. It, the comedy is so well written and it's so in our bodies. Yeah. So we, we respect Truly, that. truly a part of us. Yeah. Is it tempting? Boy. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very like, oh, Absolutely. it wouldn't, because it's like a house of cards to the show. Yeah. So if, 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 if there's something, you go off a little bit on something, if you were to, we don't, but if we were, it could affect a part of the show later on that the audience wouldn't react in the way exactly. that they should or even feel. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I mean, the opening sequence of the show was one of the things that we worked on oh, every years. single day for, for years, years, <laughs> years <laughs> because it, the entire show hangs on this uh, exposition of it, but yeah. it was to do it in such a way that people, it's a little confusing at, at the top. People are like, oh, I thought this was about the prom, but it's at an opening night. I don't, and, and then it all comes clear, and the entire, you can almost hear the audience go, oh, oh there we're going there. Yeah. Oh. And then we've got them, and then we've got them, but it needs all of that stuff. But we worked on that opening scene Many times. forever. Yeah. How many songs? I mean, oh, I, God, I, I, I can sing three right now that mm-hmm. were. I think we probably had six opening numbers yeah. Like that. yeah but but the ver- the opening number we have now is probably the 17th version of that <laughs> song <laughs> oh we, we every day we tweaked it we were out of town with Atlanta in Atlanta um, constantly we were throwing new lyrics but with the same tune yeah and poor thanks Beth a and lot Brooks. <laughs> oh and I felt so guilty we just I would felt carry so lyrics in my bra <laughs> 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 I was were, like what is it today before I went on I was like oh, oh okay and they, they were down in the dressing room run this whole thing with me run this whole thing with yeah, me yeah we would run we the would first run the scene every, every night single until night, we left Atlanta perform- until we left the, with the last the last day the last performance we were in Atlanta we ran the scene because we're like I don't know no what no if we don't and then you changed it and then we changed it completely changed it from Atlanta to New York 
work. <laughs> By the way, it's it's not fun for me because I was oh, running out of hives. Oh, yeah. I was like, how many times? I was like, can I work in chives? I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> so it was like, you know, anytime Casey would come up to me, I would just get the rhyming dictionary and be like, oh, oh God, here we go. go. <laughs> so, but uh, but that I'm running out of hives. I was. I was like, what can I do? Um, but also the hives. hives. You're welcome. But we, uh, the great thing about that opening sequence and working with this cast is that we could just go to them and say, what, what doesn't feel right? What, what's, what, you know, what are you feeling? And that is not usually the case. And really quickly, I was working on a, another show with another director and two of the actors were so just wanted more time and wanted more stuff. And uh, the director had said, you know, you've got to turn this scene down. And they were handing out pages. And he's like, just run. They're coming into the building now. Just run so they don't <laughs> trap you and talk you into So it was the exact opposite of that. It was like, it was like you know, I don't have to run from the building because the actors are going to get a change, you know. And, and we could just ask for their input. And, you know, we can't, we're not up there. We don't know what they're feeling. So it was just great to work with these this cast. Yeah. With all of the versions that this opening went through, was Eleanor the musical always the flop? musical no. you know? <laughs> oh. tell me more so so <laughs> in early days this is of the good prom, though I, go ahead yeah, but in I the early this. days of the prom musical one of our favorite things. our opening number basically was the finale of three different terrible musicals so Brooks was starring as Forrest Gump in Forrest Gump the musical <laughs> Beth you were Mama Fratelli in Goonies in Goonies the musical <laughs> and Christopher you were a long day's journey into night, the, the musical, musical which was and, and we staged the end. We staged the end, and and it was this kind of massive sequence, and we all loved it. But what we learned <laughs> the first time we put in front of an audience is that they were con- the they were unsympathetic. I mean, the characters were unsympathetic, so we didn't want to go in their journey with them, and and uh, so we immediately started working on a new version. But yeah. if you want. to... Well, yeah, it was the, we would see the bits and pieces of the finales, but then in between, the actors were complaining and they, they hated their lives, and it was sort of hard to feel sympathetic for somebody yeah. that's on Broadway in a show. So many people in the audience are like, I would kill to do that. And we're stars. Yeah, but I think the way it was staged, they would be taking their bows and singing, and singing I, I hate, hate my, my life, life, I need a drink. It was like something <laughs> yeah. like that. <laughs> so we were like, mm, you probably don't want to spend two hours with those people. So yeah. Yeah, it sort of got cut pretty quickly. Well, when when we read it on the page when it first came, because after every single opening or uh, finale of said bad Broadway show number, um, there was a confetti cannon <laughs> <laughs> after each one of them. So after uh, tr- uh, what was it? Um, Gump. It was like the the, the button of the number, <gasps> yeah. and then a Boom. confetti cannon, and then we're the Goonies, Goonies in the whole Goontastic world. Confetti cannon, and then Long Day's Journey into Night, black confetti. Black confetti. <laughs> so you were assaulting, assaulting the audience right at the top with confetti cannons in the opening in the opening number. Which is a strange uh, idea. We still kind of know the songs, which is oh, they're kind of there still. <laughs> should do the we, greatest hits. We want to yeah. do yeah. it one day. One I, day. I feel like below. it'll be useful when at least the first two of those get produced because I feel like they. And likewise, Eleanor seems totally believable to mm-hmm. me. I mean, what was the thinking into why this musical actually did work where the other three didn't? Well, we decided we were trying to tell too many stories up front. So we yeah. demoted Chris's character to <laughs> yeah, Waiter, Waiter, which yeah. was tons of comedy. So it ended up working really well. Yeah. And then we just wanted something that seemed really pretentious. And, uh, and then... 
you know, part of the fun is then hearing the reviews and hearing how completely awful it is. But we wanted something where uh, Brooks and Beth could be together yeah, we and nervous to together place, yeah. and worried and, you know, then get their spirits crushed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I guess Eleanor's story is not quite as action-packed as Alexander Hamilton's, but right. I figured <laughs> I mean, if you can have Hamilton, why not Eleanor? Is the hip-hop? Yes. hip-hop? Yeah. Yeah. I have – I mean – I don't want to ask anyone to badmouth anything that they've seen in the past, but you've all been around for a while. Have you seen the equivalent of Eleanor the Musical in your time on this theatrical earth? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, I probably have been in yeah. many Eleanor. <laughs> many, Musicals many are Eleanor. hard. They're hard to They're do, hard to do. Um, Well, you know, the best of intentions go in interesting directions. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I mean, these, as you said, everything is very tightly written in this show, but your parts are obviously so well tailored to you yeah. as comedians and um, the other stars who are not here as well. Um, how much of the writing went into what you knew about Beth and about Christopher and their particular styles? And I'm also curious whether, since you have this longstanding relationship, was the writing collaborative in any way? Or um. I think we always had their voices in our mind, even when we were starting to write it in early days. They didn't even know about it, which I, is, which never yeah, happens. By never the way. happens. This never happens because you know the uh, Bob, Chad, Casey, and I, you know, would sit in a room and brainstorm, and we're like, I think this would be great for Beth. I think this would be great for Brooks, and and then Chris and 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 Angie, um, and it, and we knew them all so well. I mean. I remember going up to Chris at the gym. We go to the same gym <laughs> and saying, like, what, what's your money note? <laughs> and he didn't quite know what I was talking about, but I was writing a song for him. I was loving, writing Love Thy Neighbor for him, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to make sure it, mm-hmm. it uh, climaxed, uh, you know, uh, the, the peak of the number was in the right place for him. Um, and Beth, you know, we, I was a rehearsal pianist at 42nd Street, and we go way back, so I heard her sing that show a million times. And uh, so I, I know their voices so well. Um, that it always wasn't it, – it's so helpful to have the person that's going to ultimately sing it so you can really, you know, really create it for them. I met Matthew at Paper Mill Playhouse. You were the – In the 90s. You, in the 90s, yeah. you were the rehearsal pianist or the second piano on Peter yeah, Pan? Yeah, uh, assistant conductor, that? rehearsal pianist for Peter Pan Peter at the Pan. Paper Mill Playhouse. It was crazy. It was 18 years <laughs> old. Most illiterate yeah, situation. 18 or 19 like, years old. Peter Pan at the Paper – who did you give a non-P-pop yeah, to? Right. Yeah. Peter Pan at the Paper Mill Playhouse. Watch the plosives. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is it, I mean, as an actor, I wonder if it's like just too delicious an opportunity to be able to almost send up yourself. But what is that, (laughs) what is that experience like? Is it, is it harder than it seems or is it nothing but fun? When you you read it and you were going through it, I was like, hey, (laughs) come on. uh." Um, But then there is, I I based a lot of Trent on a lot of people that I know and, um, and I just there are certain aspects where if that person does come to see the show, which I think they may have already, I hope they don't go, hey. <laughs> um, but there are a few things that I think Chad and Bob put in about me that are like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, OK, I'll face the truth. It's fine. I think it's a very, very short click of the dial between Beth and Dee Dee. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I find that a compliment, actually. Dee Dee is, I've said it before, kind of like my evil twin. She's, she, does, <laughs> she has no edit button. And so she's sometimes what Beth wishes she could be sometimes. So it's like, let Dee Dee talk. Dee Dee could actually tell you that where Beth goes, no, 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 I don't want to just think about me or hurt your feelings. Dee Dee has no problem with that. So it's really fun. It's really fun to be Dee Dee. <laughs> yeah, it's enjoyable for us all, too. Well, I, I have to say, obviously, there is a very heartwarming story at the center of this show, but it made me think a lot about what the experience is of being involved in a flop. Uh, I, I strongly feel that no matter how good or bad a show I go to is, I always like stand to clap at the end because I'm always like, it's not the actor's fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you've you, you've all had long careers and you've had shows that were hits and others that weren't as much. You know, what is from the inside when you can't just run off and save a little lesbian in the in the Midwest, as I think you say? Um, how do you deal with that? And how do you kind of get through a show when you know the good reviews were not there? Tough. It's. I mean, it, nothing's for certain in our business. I mean, all we do, all we can do, is just create. That's what we want to do. And you hope, of course, of course, you want it to be the most well received thing in the world. Luckily, our show was um, <laughs> you know, very well received by all the critics, and we, you know, blew it out of the ballpark. But sometimes, yeah, you read those reviews like, ha, ow. Ow. Yeah, um, I don't read reviews, I but I, I know, and I know a sense of when a show is not done well. Because yeah. there's no one in the audience, <laughs> which is kind of the first clue that possibly it's, something's not working. But, you know, I'm always proud of what I do mm-hmm. and will, I know you do too, give 150% yeah. of commitment and my talent and whatever I have to make it as the best I can possibly do with what I am tasked to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been involved in a lot of shows uh, as a pianist and a, a few of them had terrible opening nights. And I would say by one of them, by 10.30, the opening night party was over. Oh. It was over. Everybody had left because there was so much buildup to this thing. And we and we thought it was good. And, and then the critics just did not like it. And it was just such a terrible, terrible feeling because just knowing everybody put all that hard work and, and, and time and talent and money into this thing. And it just didn't work. And it was just so depressing. I felt so badly about it. But And the, the show was written by some of the most brilliant people. And the most brilliant people have had shows that don't work. And it's just, it's just a reality of it all. And you just try to do your best every time. Yeah, well, thankfully for this, uh, our opening night, because of a snowstorm, was delayed. Oh, so it was by crazy, the, yeah. By like the time, an hour, yeah. Yeah, so by the time the, the show was over, the reviews were already out. 
Yeah. And I looked over at Bob and Matt, and they were on their phones, and they were tearing up, and I was like, oh, God, it's not that bad. <laughs> I was like, please, God, no. And they're like, no, it's that good. It's nope. that good. I was like, yeah. oh, thank God. My, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'm seeing two straight guys cry. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a crazy moment. I mean, we've been working on the show for eight years, and, uh, yeah, because of that delay, the reviews were out, and my my girlfriend came to me as soon, like right after the show was over, and she was sobbing, and I got so scared. I was like, "What? What?" She's like, "The New York Times is a rave. They said that you made made him believe in musical comedy again." And I was like, "What? What? I said, Bob, get over here!" And it was just one of those moments I'll never forget. You know, and and you know, it, it was amazing, amazing. Even. Yeah, Brooks. Brooks went. Uh, we were delayed because we had this massive snowstorm. Yeah, actually, we had no musicians I or think sound people. Was it two or three musicians actually didn't make it in, and they stole musicians from another show? Yeah, we, we, we sight read. We had a sight read. We had a bass player that was supposed to sub at Mean Girls came to save us. He sight read the show, and then but. for Act One, we had no read two player, and they found somebody who could get there <laughs> to sight read Act Two. <laughs> it was just crazy. What's going on? And we had no sound person, which is why we really couldn't. Start. Right. So everything, yeah, everything was pushed that evening. Yeah. So yeah. So. And then Brooks, Brooks went out to the uh, the alley to smoke, and then he came back and he said, "Well, the times left us." And I, we both just looked at each other. We burst into tears. We yeah. were like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. very emotional. This one especially. This, uh, this show one especially because when you finally oh caught God. up with me, you know, in the red carpet line, it, it was just very small. It's like. Got great reviews. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did I mean? Did I, I'm sure that a good review is always a pleasant mm-hmm. surprise. But was was the sort of monumental nature of the reaction to this a surprise to you guys? Because I have to say, on on a happy note, that I mean, there's like so much cynicism about everything these mm-hmm. days, and yeah. I think especially from a critical point of view towards anything that's like silly and happy. Um, so I was very sort of encouraged to see like what a positive reaction there was. I think, it, you know, someone could have taken a different viewpoint and not been into something that is just upbeat and has a positive message and mm-hmm. is funny and like delights yeah. in silliness. Yeah. Well, I think because the show has that emotional center, I think, it balances everything out. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it's you're you're going to laugh your butt off, but you're also going to be really moved by the center of the story. And also the relationships that form between Dee Dee and Mr. Hawkins and then Barry and Emma, like those stories are really, and those characters are just beautiful. And so I think there is a real emotional center of it all. And I think if that wasn't there, I think it might have had a different reaction. But I think because of the heart of the show, I think, I think, uh, that's why it, it seems to work. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Fair enough. Um, I, I have to say also that I, um, you know, when I when I think back to my prom, and I want to return to that in a moment, <laughs> um, I feel like what you remember about a prom besides the people is the music. And I wondered how much the centrality of music to a prom was what made it kind of a perfect centerpiece for the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely, uh, there are two worlds in the score, mm-hmm. and there's the sort of young pop sound, and then there's the Broadway mm-hmm. sound, and uh, so we wanted to make sure that those were very separate, and those were, because we're, you know, there are two worlds, uh, we wanted to make sure that they were mm-hmm. had their own voices, and, and especially uh, where they sort of uh, come together and in the... End of Act One, where it starts with Barry, and then it turns. It's the same song, but it turns into a very different sound. And and Matt can speak to that more technically than mm-hmm. I can. But suddenly we, get, you know, it just has a completely different feel. Yeah, um, that song was really really fun to construct. I uh, 
it had to be a melody and a chord structure that would work kind of in the Broadway kind of boppy feel for Barry, but then also you could take it and straighten it out and kind of have an electronic music sound underneath it, and it would still feel uh, uh, it would still feel realistic. Um, so it was a tough one to figure out, but but yeah, going back to your question, like uh, yeah, proms are inherently musical. And I think that is definitely something that excited me about the story. And we wrote Wedding Singer. Weddings are inherently musical, too. It's just like these these events, these big parties, the music is such a huge part of it. Um, so, you know, whenever you're musicalizing something, you want to make sure that it's something that that uh, the music feels like it's organic. Um, so that is definitely one of the reasons uh, the story popped for me when, when it was first pitched. Mm-hmm. I have to ask all of you now, what do you remember of your own proms? And do you remember if you had like a prom song? I remember mine was With or Without You. You too. Oh, As a child. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> My prom was such a non-event. You know, I think proms now are a much bigger deal, yeah. like with promposals. And they're like, mini. oh, yes, promposals are so strange to me. What? Uh, <laughs> that did not exist when <laughs> I was in high school. Totally. Um, so, I, I, and I was dating someone at the time that really didn't want to go to a prom. It was like, <laughs> you know, it was kind of a hippie. It's like, Sounds really not cool. going to go. Yeah. So I went with, you know, one of the guys in the the theater. And we, at the last minute, it's like, let's just go. And I just remember we danced and danced and went home. That was it. Wow. I think our theme was Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> see, you see how much of it, how him, it imprinted me. Not <laughs> it changed your well, life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who knew? So, but I remember it being fun, and I have one little picture that I can't find because I'm trying to oh, find it. Oh, you got to find that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up in a very small town in, in Minnesota, and so we had the prom at this mall in Minneapolis, which it had like this garden roof because it's cold, and it's so they had a garden indoor garden. And there were all these ramps and everything. Uh, I went with my best friend's sister because she was super popular. And um, she was so popular that she couldn't get a date because everyone assumed that she had one. So she asked me. <laughs> oh. So I went with her. <laughs> so, um, But uh, we got to the, the prom and I'm, I'm wearing this. It was almost like Mr. Rourke from, from <laughs> Fantasy Island. I was wearing this white oh. tuxedo. I was, oh. It was all white. It was all white, I remember. <laughs> and so we get there and and I was, I was so... I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what prom was. And I was like, whatever. I was thinking I was, I was ninth grade or something. And um, we get there, and the parents of the kids were allowed in the prom to take pictures. So during on the uh, – I know. I know. <laughs> you can't right. see it because it's a podcast. It's a weird, like, fishbowl element to like, that. What? <laughs> yeah. So the parents were on the dance floor, not dressed in prom stuff, but, like, you know – Vikings T-shirts and you know ball caps with their cameras and the big cameras back in nineteen you know the eighties <laughs> with the, you know the suitcase camera you yeah, know yeah, the, yeah. The, the VCR but yeah. they were on the dance floor with us and I thought it was so this is not what it's supposed to be about it's supposed to be about us and ha- being kind of like dressed up and cool um, and I was kind of appalled by the whole thing and so the next time I went I brought up my friend Cricket and um, we didn't wear anything expensive but I told her to wear, wear the most hideous dress you could find and she did <laughs> and then underneath that we wore roller skates so we wore roller skates to our prom because um, I thought it was stupid and, uh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds so, like the most yeah. fun ever <laughs> and then and then also instead of a fancy car or a limousine we rented a I got a big <laughs> Winnebago <laughs> so, uh, so uh, valet parked in a Winnebago out front which is really fun you were, you were into innovative methods of transportation wow. I see <laughs> um, I went to three proms uh, the first one I was a sophomore in high school and I was dating a, a senior 
So we were going to go, and then she broke up with me a week before the prom, but still expected me to go with her, which I did. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Not Awkward. It was not that fun. And this, <laughs> yeah. then junior year, I went with my friend and had a great time, and that was the junior prom. You're still in shock by that story, oh, aren't you? Jesus. <laughs> uh, and we had a lovely time, and then senior year, I went with my girlfriend at the time, and, we, and, and it was lovely. It was just, you know, I don't remember what the theme was. But it was, you know, it was like late 80s, early 90s. A night so to was, remember. Yeah, yeah, a night to remember. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Late 80s, early 90s is also like peak prom music. Oh, yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what the theme was, though. I really should. I don't know. It's <laughs> gone. It's okay. This is your um, punishment for being a sophomore who was dating a senior. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> I, uh, I graduated a year early, so I wasn't going to go. But then a friend of mine, uh, her boyfriend broke up with her. And so she called me up, and she was like, is there any way you would come? And I was like, sure, I never got to go. So I ended up – but the 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 funny thing about uh, the the prom was that I wear – I was wearing what Brooks describes in the show down to the <laughs> tinted aqua what? blue oh, yeah. kayaks. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that's all – there's amazing. a picture, picture. That, of me like – Silver and aqua blue and the eyes are like yeah yeah, well, pretty, yeah you write what you know yeah yeah why stray well. you know <laughs> so, yeah. that's amazing um, I was just thinking like I feel like the prom cosplay has to become a thing like do people come oh, to the yeah. show oh, yeah. oh they yeah, already yeah. wear yeah. prom wear yeah mm-hmm. we at the Broadway con yeah. there were people dressed as Barry. As Brooks Ashmanskis' character, down to the the flannel shirt that he wore, plus mm-hmm. the yellow uh, "We're all lesbians" or "I'm a lesbian" <laughs> right. shirt, right. Yeah. Um, yes. the pants and the shoes, like everything. They were, and and I was like, why are they? Oh, oh my God, they're, they're yeah. dressed like Barry. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of Emmas, and then there was Emmas. there was a family, yeah. a, a, a wife, husband, and a little baby that all had we, we we're all lesbians, lesbians. T-shirt and the little on. baby. Was, but dressed like Brooks. Yeah, dressed they were like, all dressed yeah. like Brooks. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yes, that's amazing. Well, if people are not coming to the show in like poofy 80s dresses, I don't know <laughs> what we're all doing with our lives. Um, well, congrats you guys on how well Thank the you. show is it's doing, so and nice. thanks Thank for you. coming in. Thank you for having, for having us. Yeah. Each time I find a role like Eleanor, the artist inside of me The Prom is now playing at the Longacre Theater on Broadway. If you're a fan of the Billboard on Broadway podcast, please subscribe and write nice reviews and give us some stars on iTunes. Always appreciated. It doesn't take very much time to just click a little star. Uh, We are on various platforms besides iTunes, including Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you would like to talk about the podcast on social media, I am at YouDownWithRMM on Instagram and at Rebecca Millsoff on Twitter. You can always use hashtag Billboard on Broadway to express your feelings about the podcast and hope to have you back next week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.